Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Biggest story internationally has been, I think, the banks and uh, SVB and other bank failures. More casualties, like the Silicon Valley Bank, may be on the way. And there could be impact on Canada and the Canadian economy. Philip Cross, for 36 years at StatsCan, appointed the chief economic advisor in 2008. Mr. Cross is a Monk Senior Fellow in Economics. He's at the McDonald laurie Institute. And he joins us on The Roy Green Show. Philip, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great to have you with us. We had a conversation off the air the other day. I almost want to ask you how to go with the, uh, with the raccoon. Yeah, I just got him out of the house this morning. Oh, good. Oh, good. All right. Excellent. Did uh, the SVB closing its doors and and failing surprise you at all? It surprised me that the first casualty was a a bank, uh, but I was certainly expecting casualties. I mean, we're moving from a regime in which we've had uh, near zero interest rates for almost a decade to a much higher interest rate uh, regime as central banks move to fight inflation it was inevitable there were going to be some casualties because of that. You just knew that there were uh, going to be some people out there who had in their balance sheets who had made big bets that interest rates would stay lower for longer. It's hardly surprising that they would make these bets. They were told by central bankers, like our own Tiff Macklem, that uh, interest rates would be lower for longer. And surprise, a year later, central banks were raising rates uh, back to more normal levels. So, uh, it's not a surprise at all that uh, uh, that there's a casualty, but normally banks do well when interest rates rise, so it's, it's a surprise that the first casualty was a bank. Uh, but what happened there was that banks, usually their income statement improves as interest rates increase, but in this case, the damage to their balance sheet from uh, the repricing of all these bonds they were holding was, uh, was just too much and the institution couldn't survive. So for most of us, uh, it was a, maybe a one-off thing that we expected. And we were told that SVB had uh, been, that it was a management issue of SVB. They'd uh, spent or lent millions and billions of dollars to the tech sector and uh, particularly tech startups. But when the, I don't know if we can call it contagion yet, but when another bank starts to fall and others starts to worry, and then you have Credit Suisse, huge Swiss bank in trouble, and it's not the first time they've been in trouble. Yep. But it starts to worry people. You start to look at your at your own bank account. You start to look at your own realities, your mortgage, your options. Uh, the, the picture changes for folks. How worried should we be individually about what's going on? Well, it's quite understandable for people to have that reaction. I mean, you know, the, the memory of the 2008-2009 global financial crisis is still fresh in people's minds. Yes, it is. And let's not forget that, you know, 19 of the 20 largest financial institutions in the U.S., uh, went under or needed government bailouts to keep going. So it's quite normal that people would reflectively think, oh, my God, here we go again. But I, I think it is quite different. Uh, the problems we're seeing in the U.S. banking sector are at the mid-sized regional banks uh, where regulations were changed by the Trump administration. There's no sign that the big banks uh, are in, in uh, any kind of major trouble. And there's certainly no suggestion that there's any problem here with Canadian banks. I mean, let's remember, we're, when we're talking about the global financial crisis of 2008-2009, where major financial institutions around the world were going under, our banks sailed through that with uh, with 
hardly a blemish. So I don't think there's any reason for Canadians to be nervous about their banks. And I think most Americans sleep soundly that uh, the major banks are doing okay. And, and the U.S. government has stepped in and, and guaranteed most deposits. So uh, I think, uh, yes, people are going to quite naturally be nervous. But I, I don't think we're looking at anything like a rerun of 2008-2009. Where are your concerns? My concern is about that there's a whole bunch of other investments that have been made out there uh, that are going to go bad. And you never know exactly what. I mean, we've already seen some sectors. I mean, uh, cryptocurrencies have been badly hit. Real estate in Canada has been taking a big fall. I mean, you know, house sales were down 40% year-over-year in February. Um so, you know, there are clearly some sectors of the economy, high tech, you know, that's one of the reasons SPV went under, was we're seeing daily layoffs now from formerly um, uh, enviable firms like Meta and uh, Amazon. So, you know, some sectors are suffering out there. Uh, but that's one of the things is you, you, it's really hard to predict exactly, you know, that's why Nicholas Taleb called them black swans. They're black swans because they're totally unpredictable. You don't know who exactly out there has made a bad bet on interest rates staying low, basically until it's too late and they've gone under. Uh, it, it's a reminder, you know, it's Ernest Hemingway said that's how uh, people go bankrupt, first gradually and then all of a sudden. And that's very much what we saw with the SPV. Uh, and, uh, it's you know, it's likely we'll see uh, other firms like that. But exactly which ones, at this point, nobody knows. Well, somebody said, um, you don't know who's swimming nude until the tide goes out. Yes, Warren Buffett. Warren, Warren Buffett, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're finding out now um, who was who has committed themselves to uh, arrange their balance sheet on the assumption that interest rates would stay low. And every day that goes by, as interest rates are, uh, stay higher, uh, it's going to expose more and more people. Um, so I, I'm afraid, you know, this is just going to be the first of what is likely to be several. The, the good news is it's unlikely that there'll be any major banks in either Canada or the U.S. that will follow SPV, but there will be other firms, and some of them may be quite sizable. Okay. Uh, Philip, you uh, said that banks look safe to you in our major economies, like like ours, or at least our Canadian economy, and in the United States. But you did have concern that some enterprises may fail, and maybe some big ones. Where are the concerns? Well, the concerns are that, um, you know, that people bet on lower interest rates staying lower for longer. Right. And, you know, we don't know exactly, you know, the uh, firms hold a lot of money, a lot of assets on their balance sheets. Uh, in things like um, they set money aside in pensions for their employees. Uh, if they've been holding those in bonds, you know, they've taken a big capital loss. I mean, it's estimated that in U.S. banks, something like 28% of their balance sheets have been wiped out by unrealized losses on their holdings of bonds. Um, so we know that we have very detailed accounting of what's going on in, in bank balance sheets. We don't have as detailed accounting for everyone else. So uh, it's hard to know precisely, but uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, we've already seen in, in um, and it's not everything is, is bonds. You know, we've seen the real estate, for example, has taken a big hit. Uh, 
cryptocurrencies, the, the special purpose uh, uh, buying vehicles, buying companies. Uh, a lot of esoteric investments uh, have already gone under as interest rates have normalized. So uh, we'll see how many others do. Yeah. What's next for interest rates? Well, I'm afraid that um, it depends on what interest, what central banks target. If they were just looking at inflation, they're going to follow what the European Central Bank did yesterday. And the European Central Bank yesterday, despite the turmoil in European banks like Credit Suisse that you mentioned, they decided to proceed with raising interest rates another half a point to fight inflation. Uh, they basically said fighting inflation is more important than financial stability, that financial stability, you know, we can address that with other tactics like guaranteeing uh, deposits for people, but we still have to fight inflation. We haven't seen in North America, we haven't seen the Fed or the Bank of Canada declare where their priorities are, because unfortunately, whether you fight inflation or whether you are for uh, financial stability has different implications for interest rates. Uh, I think that the, as time goes on, as every month goes by and inflation stays high, and especially as wage increases stay high, uh, close to 5% in this country, uh, every month that wages stay near 5%, it's going to be harder and harder for the central bank to get their inflation back to the target of 2%. Yes, they brought it down from near 9% to 6%. That was sort of the easy part. Now the really hard part starts, and I suspect that if they're committed to lowering inflation, they're going to have to maintain interest rates higher for longer than they anticipated, and that's going to complicate things. That's good for bringing down inflation, but that's going to complicate things, as I say, for people who had made bets that interest rates would stay low for a long time, and it increases the risk of financial instability or of some major companies going bust. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, you know, a, central banks have stick handled themselves into a very nasty corner here. Yeah. Their, their credibility has been hurt, hasn't it? At least in the short term. Uh, not hurt. I would say shredded. Um, you know, they have missed the misjudged inflation at every turn. When inflation first started up in 2021, they said, oh, don't worry, it's transitory. Well, it turns out it wasn't transitory. It was much more entrenched than they thought. Uh, then they thought that they, uh, they were slow to raise rates uh, to catch up to higher inflation. And then most recently, we saw from Tiff Macklin the suggestion of a pause. And they announced a pause just before uh, the Federal Reserve Board and the European Central Bank signaled that they're going to continue with half-point increases, which means we're likely going to have to follow, because if we don't, the Canadian dollar is going to fall rapidly, and that's going to put upward pressure on import prices, and imports are about 35 40% of the, of the consumer price index. So you can't let the dollar fall too much. So, um, you know, they, they've made three major mistakes in managing inflation just over the last year, and now it's been exposed that they've major, made a major mistake in uh, underestimating the impact of their actions on financial stability. So... Um, you know, they've, uh, central banks, I don't know why anybody, frankly, would listen to them or believe them these days. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad when, uh, you know, when a talk show host makes a better call on interest rates than the central bank. And I did. I did make a better call than the central bank. 
Yeah, yeah. and uh, you weren't alone. I mean, a lot oh, of people, yeah. including uh, Mervyn King, uh, the former governor of the Bank of England, openly said, you know, it was completely predictable that with the increase in the money supply we saw in the pandemic, that inflation was going to go up. He said it was predictable. Some people did predict it. Central banks ignored those predictions uh, and went with their own models of inflation, which proved to be wrong. Um, so I, I think, uh, but, you know, to be fair to central banks, it's not all in central banks. Uh, we had governments during the pandemic were running very large deficits, too. And, you know, as long as governments are running large deficits, it just it encouraged this whole mentality that, that money was easy. Money was free for borrowing. It was free for governments to spend. And as long as governments were running big deficits, it was natural for people to think, oh, they'll keep interest rates low because governments are borrowing so much. So there's an interaction here between easy monetary policy and, and large government deficits. And, uh, you know, it's not all central bankers. I mean, we've been very hard on central bankers in this conversation. And, you know, they frankly, they deserve it. Uh, but they are not alone in this. What would you um, what would you advise the federal government, which is going to be delivering its budget on the twenty eighth of March? What you what would you advise them should be prim- primary a uh, primary concern and their primary message um, to, to 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 Canadians and you know our, our our economic sector and just the folks? I think they at this moment they have to. Uh, they have to accept that they can contribute to both lower inflation and more financial stability. We talked about how, you know, those goals are are in conflict for a central bank. If they're worried about inflation, they should probably be raising interest rates. If they're worried about financial stability, they should be lowering them. But the federal government's in a position where they can help out with both. They, If they rein in their spending, that will help lower inflationary pressures. Uh, if If they... Uh, indicate that they're taking financial stability seriously, and they stand ready uh, to uh, to help uh, the central banks maintain financial stability. That will contribute on that front as well. So, okay. uh, I, I think just managing, showing that they're uh, a res- they're managing public finances in a responsible, prudent way would go a long way to calming people down. All right. But if we continue with this, you know, we're just going to continue spending, then people are going to go, oh, okay, so interest rates will stay low, and uh, that's just going to create all kinds okay. of bad expectations. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.